Okay, so it's June 5th, uh, day 712 of lockdown. Uh, June 5th is uh, my mum's birthday, so happy birthday mum. I already talked to you earlier today, but hope you're having a wonderful time. Hope the weather's good in France. Uh, it also um, would have been Brianna Taylor's uh, birthday today, but of course that isn't possible uh, as she was uh, murdered in her bed by police officers who have uh, yet to be charged so my thoughts are also on that <laughs> um, yeah I, I mainly today what I wanted to talk about was um, uh, I'm part of a sort of a group uh, on YouTube, on YouTube, oh my god, uh, on Facebook, sorry, uh, where we rank films, and this week we were ranking uh, film, we're ranking, we were ranking LGBT characters in films, uh, but it got me thinking, as I often do, about uh, lesbian films, because that's, those are, those are some of my favourite types of films, uh, and I just wanted to and amongst all the news and stuff just wanted to talk about things that make me happy some more uh, and good lesbian films that represent uh, queer identities uh, make me happy so that's what I'm going to talk about uh, first film I'm going to talk about uh, is a film called uh, Rafiki which is a Kenyan film from uh, 2018. It's about uh, two young uh, women in Nairobi, uh, Kena and uh, Ziki, who fall in love. Uh, there is, of course, a couple of problems with that. Uh, first of all, both of their parents are running for uh, uh, political office. Uh, one is already the... Uh, One's already in office, everyone's running against them. So they've got a sort of Romeo and Juliet thing going on. Uh, and second, and potentially much more uh, of a problem, is the fact that homosexuality is still illegal in Kenya. Um, a point made very clear by the fact that uh, the film itself was banned by the Kenyan Film Board. This before uh, for pro for pro promoting and propagating uh, lesbian uh, lifestyles, uh, so yeah, uh, it's a genuinely like fantastic film. Like it's so beautiful and so the the chemistry between the two leads is so good. And the story feels, and I, I hate when I hate this, but I'm going to say it. But the story feels important, right? That even though the film was made in 2018 uh, and set in 2018, that these are still issues that uh, the LGBT people in in Kenya have to deal with, and it's uh, it's it's sad. But the film itself sort of has a really hopeful tone. There's a lot of talk about in it 
between the two main characters about defying societal expectations and about not being just another Kenyan woman and uh, it's really good. It's genuinely, it's just really good. I It's hard to say. That's the problem with me talking about films. As, uh, my dad used to say that I should be a film reviewer because uh, I love films and, film, and I think critically about them. That, uh, and like have a degree in it <laughs> um, but my main problem is whenever I like a film all I can think to say of it is just, it's just really good uh, like I'm going to talk about a couple of films today and I'm, all I'm going to say about all of them is that they're really good um, yeah I'll talk, I'll talk about talk about another one here I'll talk about, let's talk about but I'm a, che- but I'm a cheerleader <laughs> uh, a, a, sort of, a big sort of left like almost a 180 in terms of uh, style and sort of seriousness but I'm a cheerleader as a film from 1999 and it is the most 90s film I think it's like up there with Clueless in terms of 90s films in my brain uh, it's about uh, a young woman who's a cheerleader uh, a high school high school girl this cheerleader who um, there's an intervention where she discovers <laughs> she this is such a weird film she discovers that she's a lesbian uh, because she's told uh, and is sent to a conversion camp a conversion for, uh, camp a gay conversion therapy camp uh, the gay conversion therapy camps are horrific uh, they often use barbaric practices uh, in order to essentially brainwash uh, young LGBT people into uh, like changing their changing their you know what they know to be true about themselves in order to conform to society's expectations, and like I don't need to tell you that that is a horrible thing to do. This film. Um, Parodies that that whole concept to such a ridiculous ridiculous extent. It is hard to explain how wacky this film is. Uh, all the girls are dressed in pink and put into a big pink room uh, and let us sleep in like these sort of pink silk sheet beds. All the boys are the same, but in blue. Um, and like uh, RuPaul is uh, in it as a, a an ex gay uh, who works at the uh, at the camp. Uh, it's an utterly ridiculous film, uh, and to this even to this day, like twenty one years later, uh, it's still held up as like a cor- a cornerstone of like lesbian modern lesbian cinema. Uh, and it's such it's I can't express to you how stupid a film this is. Uh, the satire is laid on like so thick, but the, at its heart, there's a really sweet story between um, uh, Natasha Leon's character Megan and uh, Claire Duvall, and both of the, both actors who have gone on to be queer icons and justifiably so. Uh, <laughs> It's on Amazon Prime, so if you've got that, give it a watch. A reminder that it is the is a very nineties film, but I think it's just charming and delightful. 
Uh, last one I want to talk about is probably my favourite queer movie. Favourite, yeah, like, uh, a film that I saw in the cinema and it's just sort of stuck with me ever since. And I'm not alone in this, uh, which is Carol, the film Carol, starring Kate Blanchett as the titular Carol and uh, Rooney Mara as a young woman named Therese. Uh, and it's set in sort of uh, New York in the fifties, pretty sure fifties. Uh, and it's about it's a very at its heart. It's a very simple film. Uh, Carol goes into uh, a department store in New York. It catches the eye of Therese, who also catches her eye, and uh, they start an affair. Um, She's a sort of a society lady. Uh, Therese is like, as I say, working working at a, a department store, and it's it's such a beautiful film. It's incredibly shot, incredibly shot, incredibly well shot. Uh, it's such. It's just. It's really hard, again, I find it really hard to explain when I like things. Um, Kate Blanchett is incredible. And it, she is, like, simultaneously like, sultry and seductive and incredibly forthright in what she wants, while also being vulnerable in a way that makes sense, considering her uh, position in society. Uh, she has this, she has amazing chemistry with her her uh, best friend and probably former lover, very very unclear, uh, played by Sarah Paulson. Um, uh, it's and Rooney Mara is so heartbreaking as a young woman who thought she had stuff figured out, and then who's slowly figuring out that, slowly like discovering that oh. This guy who I was like, oh, I'm gonna marry this nice man. This is what's gonna be life. She's like, no, this is not. This isn't who who you are. This isn't what your real life is. And it's just so beautifully paced, and the city it looks incredible. The chemistry again is just. Like, I think that's what makes these films for me, right? Uh, if I don't believe in the chemistry between the two women, I'm not... Like, that, that, that's the same with any... It should be the same with any romantic film. Uh, it's one of the problems that a lot of uh, romantic comedies run into. Is that you go, well, these two people are famous, let's put them together. Like, you know, let's put Jared Butler and Catherine Heigl together. Uh, who, who cares if they have literally no chemistry? Uh, and it, it seems to be that there's a, at least a little bit more care is taken when it's uh, uh, LGBT films, especially ones that are made by queer creators, which I think, I'm pretty sure all of these are. Jamie Babbitt's definitely, Bob Cheerleader's definitely a lesbian, Todd Haynes is gay. I've totally blanked on the name of the director of Rafiki, but I'm pretty sure she's I'm pretty sure she's gay. <laughs> pretty sure she's gay. Um 
you know. But yeah, the chemistry between the two characters is fantastic. And it's just... Ugh, my heart aches thinking about Carol. It's such a good film. Uh, one plus a uh, huge tick in all of the boxes of all three of the films I've mentioned just there is that uh, no gay people die. Uh, there's not gonna lie. There's some really there's some hateful stuff said. At least one or two hate crimes committed. But that's. Um, something you know it's never exploitative it's it's done as part of actually no way and but a mature leader some of the some of the speech is definitely exploitative but to the to such an extreme like to such an extreme that it's like okay this is, is clearly parodic uh, there's so many like really good like we live in a world now where people are able to make these films, uh, and I, I kind of, it's kind of incredible. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Like, I often wonder as well. Like, if I'd seen *But a Mature Leader* when I was younger, because I didn't see it until a couple of years ago, and uh, I wonder if what kind of effect it would have had, whether I would have, like for things that have clicked in my head a bit, a bit quicker. I don't know, I've talked about representation before. Um, <laughs> and about how important I find that. Yeah, I, uh... Yeah. Um... Sorry, I'm just ex uh, absolutely exhausted. Uh, this week. I'll be back next week. I'll probably uh, talk some more about stuff that's bringing me joy. Hopefully, there will be stuff that's bringing me joy. Uh, I'm sure there will be. Um, stay safe. Stay well. Stay at home. Stay informed. Stay educated. And uh, watch, uh, watch more. Uh, LGBT films, even if you're not yourself uh, part of the queer community. It can't hurt. Uh, thank you. And goodbye.